do 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 do. Oh hey, get that. Huh. Shop. Sketchcraft.com. Hmm. I wonder what what goes on at Shop Sketchcraft. Yo, yo, Brandon. Yes, sir. Hey, man. What's uh, what's with this Shop Sketchcraft.com thing here? That's where I go to buy all my art online. Don't you? Your art. Well, art of yours. That's uh, where I go to buy art I want to enjoy. You just equate my art with yours now. Pretty much, yes. We have morphed into yes. Yeah. Should we get? Should we also get LittlePoser.com? Go put it right underneath. I mean, I hope so. Hmm. I would. I would imagine it's next. So mm-hmm. Megatators. Mm-hmm. Forward slash poser forward slash com. Mm-hmm. Sketchtators.com. There you go. So at shopsketchtators.com, when Rob has art to sell, that's where you go buy it. That is where you go. And what does that art pay for? What it pays for. <laughs> it pays for Rob's coffees and his uh, his lacrosse his lacroque sparkling sodas that he drinks or whatever they are. You know, you want to hear me? <laughs> want to hear me just drink away some money right now? Watch out! Yes, please. <sighs> Sketchcraft bucks. I just drank that. I just drank money. I just drank Sketchcraft dollars as we speak live here. Fantastic. See, folks, I don't have sponsors. Um, because I'm small potatoes and he's mega potatoes. <laughs> so I'm the closest thing to a sponsor I get. So if you want to support the show and you have money, you go to shopsketchcraft.com. If you have zero moolahs, no dineros, all you got to do is hit the thumbs up button, leave a like, comment below, and that gives me internet moolahs. And then I can drink a coffee once every other year versus once a month. And so those internet moolahs, they, they take a while. They take a while. All right, let's get to the show, Brandon. All right. Just like a pro should. <laughs> I got so anxious because I've been streaming normally this week and I hit the normal stream button versus the podcast button. They're all labeled. It's clear as day. I'm just, just not here today. <laughs> it's very relaxing. Very relaxing little jingle we got going on here. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. This is what it's like in my head. All calm. What? <laughs> Are you disputing? Come on, say not something, taters. No, no, not at all. <laughs> say something negative, I dare you. <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing. See where you go with this nonsense. All right, so welcome to the Sketchcraft Weekly Podcast, where weekly or so we get together. And uh, actually, what happens is, folks, Brandon is in charge of writing things down. And so he generally does that. The morning of the podcast, <laughs> when I harass him, and then I and he talk about the things he writes down. First thing, though, we're going to get to what I normally like to bring up, which is my art updates. And I'm going to burp up some moolahs. Give me a second.
Okay, I did that off mic. Okay, so this is what happens when I talk. I, I inhale a little too much air, so I get a little, I get a little burpy. Okay, so art updates. What have I been doing? What have I been doing, Brandon? I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not, hmm. so I don't know. Hmm. And when you don't know what you're allowed to say, you you just keep your tater mouth shut, right? Oh, uh, yep, that's it. I don't want to get salty. Um, so what have I been working on? Other than my, so here's the thing. Um, I don't like just going down this rundown of my daily life because who really cares? Mostly the reason why I even bring it up is because I have the Power Prince Kickstarter and the Game Cave, Cave, Game Cave Kickstarter that I'm still trying to wrap up. So what happens is, is I feel justified to like explain why things are just taking forever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but oh look at that! The we're streaming, right? Everything's good. Yeah. Okay. So my other computer killed its own internet, so I gotta go fix that. Anyhow, um, so what I've been doing this week is the Sonic Color Pencil Commission, which let's why don't we just bring some of that up now? Let's can we go to the YouTube channel? We already got some real time videos that Brandon actually managed to make live, which sometimes is nice, right? yeah, pretty nice. We'll bring up some of the more recent stuff I've done here, and let's go ahead and just bring up the Cintiq. So hey, we're on the Cintiq. Can hide the old chat, and you can see here's me working on some knuckles, color penciling. So this piece is going to be a three part piece with Sonic in the middle. Kind of see right there, and knuckles on the left, and then eventually tails will be on the right. So I've been streaming this thing in real time as I go along. It is uh, not really a complicated commission to draw or color. It's just the fucking background it just takes forever because there's all these friggin' checkers. I put a Sonic background back there. Uh huh. You just eat up a ton of time, Brandon. I mean, I can't even oh, yeah. tell you. I spent two hours yesterday just doing checkers if i go into the creator studio is it up no so the one from yesterday let's see this should be isn't live yet yeah so i'll click this and we can kind of dig into let me kill the music and you can kind of see here's me working on these checkers this shit is tedious man this stuff right yeah and it's this, like never ending yeah, and it's it's not like I get any benefit. Like people don't look at it and go, "Man, checkers are great, Rob." You know, like <laughs> one of my checkers. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's great for the piece, and right. I only agreed to it because I thought it'd be a fun idea to do. Um, and I feel real bad because the guy who commissioned it, he's he's paying me plenty of money. It's just he feels bad for making me do this. You know that he gets all personal. Look how zoomed in I get on these videos, folks. Look at look how fucking giant my hand is. Holy. Oh, got very large hands. So, um, see if we can zoom out a little bit. And there we can hold on that. So you can see this is as far as I got right now. And all these checkers are done. These checkers alone took two goddamn hours, Brandon. <laughs> all that time for checkers. Yeah, and I try to do that without killing my knuckles too, right? You don't want to keep pressing hard and shit. So I do have to like take the way I did these checkers. And then when I get the tails one, which will go over here on this side, um, to the right of that sonic board. Once those are all done, I'll have to check these center textures and do a little tweakage here to make sure they kind of blend enough. They're a little faint down here. 
compared to. Uh -huh. So I'm not going to do a ton of that, but just a little bit. So I've been working on that this week. I've also been working on the Darksiders Commission, which Brandon has not put any updates on. So I will uh, have to go manually do this. How come you uh, no put up no Darksiders? Explain that one to me. What's your rationale for that? You should reprimand me for that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I was feeling the Sonic pieces. So I think I put up the Sonic pieces. I'll get, I'll get to the Darksiders. Yeah, why don't you do that? I will. So this is me working on the Darksiders piece. So I'm doing these two blades for war. And one of the techniques I'm using right now is this. So this is a... Uh, it's easier to see, right, Brandon? So uh -huh. this is a layer I have here. You see where I'm wiggling the mouse? And what it is, is it's, I've set the layer as a color overlay, so it'll paint white no matter what I put in there, and it will stroke about two pixels. So I'm able to just blob in these little things, and then erase the edges, and it's making the stroke. You know, Photoshop's doing all that drawing, so I'm not having to manually create a bunch of, like, shape silhouettes and trace over them. Like, it's doing all that work for me. And as you move along the piece, you can begin to see how, like, incredibly helpful that is and all i do is on top of there i'll paint in some white if i want to edge up areas or mm -hmm. whatever else and so across that entire piece that's how i got all the crazy armor done super fast let's see if i can zoom out a little is there Ch chains and things chains that connect yeah. and so we can kind of zoom out ropes. and see the end result so this is the where i got it so far i got this demon blade and so i'm going to do his blade on the right um, more like the one in the game. And then the one on the left, I wanted to do like my own version. And I really didn't want to draw the same fucking blade twice. It's basically my bigger reason is mm -hmm. um, it's really annoying to have to draw the same thing twice. But that's how I'm doing a lot of the stuff like laces and armor and stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially all those like little stitchings are all done with those stroke layers. So... He'll be done in the next week or so. Things are a little weird right now because I'm managing five fucking projects, dude. Like <laughs> five projects simultaneously. So let's let's see. Brandon, right? We got we got we got to count them. So we did the math right, okay? Okay. One commissions. Right, write that down. Commissions. Mm -hmm. Then we got Power Prince Darksiders. Mm -hmm. Then we got Game Cave writing and graphic design. That's technically two things. But we'll say it's one just around. Okay. Because I can't do them simultaneously. It's one or the other. Uh, freelance in game concept art. Uh-huh. Um, Sonic. Mega Visions Magazine. Which is all okay. graphic design. And then... Anything I'm missing? No, Sonic falls under the commissions. Uh, creatively, is there anything else? That's five projects not including my own personal life i'm managing simultaneously right. per per personal health uh, uh, well-being yeah personal health well-being exercise sleep bathing food making dinners for everything from scratch you know shit like that brandon <laughs> running <laughs> errands i don't know you know spending time with the dog so just you know like life but in terms of creatively it's five separate projects so so when someone's like hey rob when are you doing this when are you doing that so what i've been doing is alternating instead of doing a little bit of something every day i've been trying to like say okay mon like i'll work on sonic one day and then darksiders the next sonic this day darksiders the next and then i have a, a four to six hour window to do my freelance it depends on how quickly i get the work done and then i have uh mega visions every other day 
and then I have Game Cave, which I'm doing the writing during my personal time in the morning. I have about an hour or two to myself where I clean the kitchen, make coffee, and I'm writing Game Cave while standing up. I'm cleaning my kitchen. So I'm cleaning my kitchen, and then I'm running over my thing and typing stuff. And then when I, my eyes start to hurt from writing, then I go back and clean, and then I go back and I think about it. And so, you know, it's it's getting things done in a way that's somewhat responsible because I don't feel overwhelmed. Yeah. But it's just it's just how it is, you know. It's just the time things are taking. You have anything to add about the techniques I've been doing to try to make things speed along or? Well, I mean, I have, I won't, I won't say I directly seen, but it does seem like lately some of the techniques or things that you post online are popping up in other places with other artists. I don't know if that's a, so I know with the way you did the, uh, the shaft and the young blood characters, right? Something like that. You're going to bring that up. Bring that up. Bring that up. Let me, uh, one second. Uh, D here. Go to my DeviantArt page. I store all this nonsense. Speaking of which, you mm-hmm. haven't updated that in a while. Videos. Just dropping the ball, right. huh, Brandon? I'm just. It's been. It's been a rough week or two for me. I have a sully. So you're talking about this back piece into here? Civilization. As soon as it loads, probably. Scribbly style. Yes, yes, yes. You know and. Also, you know, you you've been dropping a the lot of your the retro textures, the half tone kind of look. You mm-hmm. want to call it like the retro on, textures, like on the uh, Lady Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I went back and even adjusted. But yeah, we all know what we're talking about here. Right. So I'm not saying other artists are copying, but I have noticed that certain companies, you you know, I don't know how to phrase this appropriately, but certain. Other creative types have used some of the the styles that you see lately from you that they maybe normally didn't do, and they're calling it their new style or their new way of trying things. So yeah, yeah, it's funny. I saw some of that. Uh, you know, here's the thing, man. I don't really care. You know, um, it's kind of like you know when you put out the idea for the Black Spider-Man. You know, about a year and a half before it ever comes out, it's kind of a given. I think what frustrates me when I see artists that are working with former employers of mine that are claiming to right. come with new looks and the management goes, this is amazing. I'm like, where was your support for my new look for that new look when I handed it to you a year and a half ago? You know, right. like that gets frustrating for me. You know, it's like, I, tr- I can't state what that is, but let's just say it's happened. Case in point, I can go way back. And back in 2010, I tried to do the saucy look for big dog. Mm-hmm. And Tom was like, it won't work. No one, the splatter thing doesn't really, you know, maybe a summer, don't really get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the splatter look thing took off and, you know, <laughs> you know drips and watercolors and chicks, and, right. you know, and you're just like, yeah, you know? So it gets, it's frustrating. You know, I mean, there are artists that I've followed for years who, when they come up with a look that, you know, most recently Sean Gordon Murphy was talking about changing his art style because people were copying him. And I'm like, dude. You're leading the way, bro. If you come up with a look that's working, I mean, you can't stop people from being influenced by you. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, just do you, and you're the guy. No one's going to be like, oh, we can get that cheaper somewhere else. It doesn't really work when you're at his level. You know, they're, they're paying him right. to make stuff. Um, for me, I would like to just be able to do 
the thing I propose for my publishers. <laughs> you know, that's what's frustrating to me is that I'm not allowed to do the thing that I I do for publishers. They always want me to do the hardest thing possible, which is pretend to be a super clean artist, a super clean inker, and a super clean colorist, all for the price of half a penciler. Yeah, that's where I lose my shit. You know, so. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, dude, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's it, it can't be coincidental on some level, Brandon, because you've been with me to conventions, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm a guy that technically has zero following on the internet, and, and I, I, I recognize that. I'm, I'm, I'm small potatoes, guys. I'm not, you know, uh, we get like 95 views on these videos, so you know, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't have a large following. However, we've Which gone we to conventions. Yeah, we, we appreciate, well... You know, some of you are questionable. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to admit, folks, some of you um, I don't appreciate as much as others. So, um, but, you know, I feel the same way about Brandon and myself. So <laughs> right. there are days I appreciate Brandon way more than me. And most days I appreciate Brandon's wife more than him. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, you know, shit rolls downhill. Uh, what I was trying to say, though, was having gone to these conventions and being, you know, like a nobody it's pretty odd how many pros we've met who know me or know yeah. right brandon mm-hmm. like how many times have you been just like stuck next to a guy and i haven't been able to get to the table for like a day because i was on the road and they're like i know all the rob stuff oh no no, no. is he gonna be here like you know like it's, it's mm-hmm. flattering but it's happened a lot right oh yeah and they think i'm your manager and shit and they're like oh yeah i'm like no nah, i'm an artist too yeah yeah yeah. you don't matter but i know all rob shit yeah, and then, but then, you know, when it's time to, like, go hang out with pros, and they don't want me hanging around. <laughs> oh, no. They just want to ape. The funny thing was I did this Deadpool splatter thing once really quickly for a con. Like, right before I went when I was testing out Distress Inks. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. posted it up on the internet. And then by the time I got to the con, a guy across from us had already ripped me off. <laughs> yeah. It was it was look it wasn't even a great piece. I'll bring it up. It's this one right here. This was the piece I did. It wasn't yeah. even that great. I was just working out these like uh whatever, you know, the, the distressings. Yeah. And I printed it up really quick. The guy across from us had like the exact same thing. Oh, it was it was he literally saw yours and just redrew it. It was I felt it was like one of those times he I mean, I almost felt bad for the guy for copying you because it just looked so janky. But he, I mean, it was verbatim the swords, the pouches, the angles, the everything. It was, it was, and he didn't on. have a ton of drip art. As a matter of fact, like no drip art. It was just like, oh, that'll work. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know that'll work. That's what, look, I don't think it's great art, but at these cons, sometimes things that are completely not perfect do better than the things that are. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's just how I learned. But, so I mean whatever, and in T-shirts, I I I learned this really early on. Is in T-shirts, everyone rips each other off. Like I I'll go to a store right now, and I'll show you. Out of all the shirts, it's just there's nothing new. You know, I could show you. I could tell you what shirts came from where when junk food got this from Hybrid, or they got it from Lucky Brand, and then Lucky got it from you know whatever. So I I understand all that. Where where it, it does again, where it bugs me personally is when former employers uh, promote artists who come up with these looks that I presented to them a couple years ago, but they would never let me do it, you know? Yeah. That's fucking entire... That's really frustrating for me because 
I mean, despite what people think, I, I do try to produce a lot of work. And what gets in the way of that is this, I, I almost feel it's unfair. Like it's this idea from publishers where for me, it feels like, like they're expecting me to be Joe Mad, Tim Townsend, and Christian Lickner from Liquid all in one, you know? You're not? Uh, I, I'm not I'm not one of any of those individually, let alone all three. You know, I can't draw as good as Joe Mad. I can't ink anywhere as good as Tim Townsend. I can't color as good as Liquid Comics. You know, like I just I can't do those things. They're they're beyond my grasp. Uh so it's just it really feels and then they complain about the time it takes and it's just it's this vicious cycle that i keep getting into um so i've been working on techniques that will speed these processes along for me and whatever so that was uh something i went through and the scribbly style is a lot of my stuff moving forward is going to be scribbly it's a little frustrating because on the dark siders i want to do it completely scribbly mm-hmm. but i already did the war the way he is and i'm like they all have to match like i can't i can't how do i say this brand i can't like i mentally can't allow myself to produce war at one level and the other three at scribbly level (laughs) you know like they all have to be dressed right dress you know which is a terminology that i learned in the military which means you look to the right of you is the guy to the right of you wearing the same thing you're wearing you make sure the guy to the right of you is straight and the guy to the right of you is checking your shit and as long as you're all the same then great so after the dark like the dark siders is actually fairly loose compared to what i used to do but the scribbly look i will be starting with every piece moving forward until there's uh $5000 on the table to draw something less than scribbly or if a publisher you know no not even a publisher i I really it's going to take some serious moolahs to get me to to go back (laughs) lots of rupees Uh, i like moolahs and naderas um but yeah lots of rupees you know like it's just how do i say this brandon i just did this piece i can't show any of you all right now but i did this piece for a client I'm, i'm pretty proud of but it took 300 hours Folks, I'm I'm not exaggerating. I'm probably underselling the time because yeah. at a certain point, I do like it gets above the 200 range. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to think about how long that probably took me through the approvals process and then tweaking and the time to is a tremendous amount of characters, and so and there's a fully painted background and the whole thing, and I'm like, I don't have that in me anymore, you know. Like, I can do it, but it has to be, like, scribblies. And um, there are times, like, when I was looking at, and I'll tell you, this is the last time I'm talking about my artwork, folks, but this is um, this is uh, something I want to make an example out of. Like, so this is the roughy I did for Final Fantasy IX, right? This is my roughy idea. So it's just blocked in characters and color to get the color down and the basic shapes for what I wanted to do. And then this, these were these physically drawn pencils and inks, which I was I was pretty proud of the way this came out. Um, but then I had to go and color it. <laughs> and the coloring turned out like this. Now, I look at this, and to me, the goal when I did this was to create something that would have been on a PlayStation Magazine cover back in 97. And to right. that end, I believe I accomplished that goal. Right. Would you say like that easily would oh, yeah. have been? Oh, yeah. Here's my problem. 
I feel like between here and here, it's somewhere in between <laughs> is where I think the amount of effort should have been for that. You know? Right. And that's where I feel uh, this scribbly look here puts me at. It puts me at somewhere in between. Because I have to go and draw... Where is it? So the X-Men piece is way the fuck down here. Where is it? I have to go and draw this Kingdom Hearts piece. You know? And this is too rough. I know because I've printed it out. But see, like I feel like if I had just done this 50% more in this in this phase, this would already be done. Oh, yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Like, you can see it's kind of getting there. Like, it's more than the last Ruffy, but it's still too, too Ruffy. Loose. It's too loose. Yeah, it's too... So, like, it's not quite there, but it's close. As opposed to, like, like this is... Like, this, this Darksiders was too Ruffy. Like, it's a nifty little drawing, a little sketch, but that's, that's not, it's not enough. Same with this. This is not enough to put on a print. Nowhere near. Um, but if you look at this, that's pretty fudging close. Like, I'd say another <laughs> 50% more and that would be done. Right. So that's what I'm attempting to do, is to make Ruffy's to the point where uh, the Scribblies, that's why I call Ruffy Scribbly, because it's, it, it's easier for me to categorize it up in my head. Um, but look at all the shit I had to get to. Folks, so this is fucking annoying. So this is my frustration in life. I do this here. This is, I published this in 2016. Two years, man. I've still got to do this art. Two fucking years. I still got to do this shit. It took two years. All of this shit you see here. <laughs> You remember every one of these adventures. You mm -hmm. know? Every one of these adventures. All of this. All of this. All of this to figure this out. You know? Which is just like and you know, and it'll be like a fifty percent difference more, but god damn it, you know? It's so frustrating <laughs> to me. As opposed to this. This I don't want to do anymore. This stuff, right. I don't want to do this super clean shit anymore because I don't win any points. It's not making me famous on the internet. It's not like I'm doing that and the internet's going, God damn, Rob, that's amazing. You're the greatest artist of the year. It doesn't, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not happening. First time I got close to it was this piece. Because if you ever seen the final, if you look and zoom in on this, it's actually super rough up in here, despite what people think. Um, And then, yeah, and then it leads to this sucker which this is still rough, but it's hard to tell, but it's, not as, it's still more effort than it should have been. So that's what I've been doing, folks. That's my long 30-minute fucking spiel, but I got, I got to tell you, it's, it's all I live every day. All day, every day, Brandon. That's what we do, and, right. and you have to hear more. And tell everyone it's like to have to hear this shit every fucking day from me. How's that, how's that go? <laughs> it's like getting a phone call from your mother. You know, it's like you'll talk to her, but you really don't want to hear about what you want to hear about at the time. So yeah. I put it up there with that. It's like you can just text me that shit, but yeah. I talk to Rob all the time. Yeah. It's a full time job being tater. Yeah. So what else we got to talk about? Let's move on. Let's move on to other stuff. Oh, man. I know, right? <laughs> okay. So random thing this week and i know we like to bash on dc and warner brothers but 
Henry Cavill. He's Hold out on. as Superman. Yes. When we say we like to bash on DC and Warner Brothers, I got to just preface this, folks. I was 10 years old when the first Batman movie came out in 1989. And I got to tell you, Star Wars was everything to me before that. Star Wars and Ghostbusters. But seeing uh-huh. Batman, the first trailer, watching the excitement, going to the theater, that was my Star Wars experience. So I, I loved the first Superman movie. That first Batman movie was everything to me. And so it gets current. I, and I bought my tickets. The first time I ever bought tickets in advance of a film coming out was for Batman Returns. Like a, a month before <laughs> it came out, I bought tickets. I saved up lunch money for it, like a better part of a, six months to f- afford the fucking ticket. Because I had, it's a different time, folks. Um, and then Batman Forever, less so much, but all right, you know, I mean, I can. And then Batman Around was horrible. So, so I, I love. I have a history of loving that company. However, I, as a fan, there are two Warner Brothers. There's the Warner Brothers that made Batman 89, Batman Returns, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises to a lesser extent. But, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. And then there's the Warner Brothers that made Catwoman, Superman, The Quest for Peace, Superman 3, Batman and Robin, uh, Jonah Hex. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and then we get into Suicide Squad, and then we have the Warner Brothers that decided it'd be a wonderful idea to Snapchat uh, a lead actor's face in the Justice League. You know, like I still try to figure this one out, Brandon. So you know a thing or two. You, you've done some photography. You, you understand actors and people who live and die on their images, right? Yeah. Like it's important when you were doing photography for even like cosplay girls or, or would be models, how they look is everything, right? Correct. And if they got into a commercial, they're not, I mean, yeah, how they act is one thing, but how they look is kind it's of a the big most deal. important thing. In what world does Henry Cavill, like, what, how does, how do you, how do you work for a company that will just Snapchat a fucking, Hovering like like what's the remember when Conan O'Brien when he used to have like Arnold come out and it'd be like a cutout of a face but the mouth would move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Conan, and it was just that really exaggerated mouth. Or remember mm-hmm. Thumb Wars where it'd be a thumb and they'd rotoscope like a mouth and eyes on it. Right. Like it looked like that to me, and I'm not. I mean, how, that can't that can't be good for an actor, right? To have that. Right. You can't. I don't know, man. So. So, I basically, for me, Justice League was a movie I had been waiting 10 years for since 2006 or seven. Over 10 years. My wife's been hearing about it since 2006 and seven. Like, she, she, was, she was tired of Justice League before it was even being made. <laughs> you know, back when George Miller was behind it. And so, for them to fuck that up like they did, to me, was no different than when George Lucas fucked up Attack of the Clones. And his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker and how he fell in love with, you know, Padme, you know, Luke and Leia's mom, how I always called it back in the day. How poorly that movie was. Just, I didn't want to see any Star Wars movies after that. Right. And I didn't even pay money to go see Revenge of the Sith. Someone had to pay, buy a ticket and take me there and buy me lunch to make me go watch that because I refused <laughs> to spend money and, you know. So... That's how I feel right now. 
and and I didn't want to go see Wonder Woman, but but you know I heard a lot of good reviews. I went and saw. I had a good time. But Justice League was so fucking bad. Now I'm like, I don't care about Aquaman, and I guess Shazam looks kind of. I mean, it's all right. I don't. They're definitely leaving a bad taste in viewers' mouths. And eyeballs. So, given all that, what happened this week, Brandon? So this week, you know, Warner Brothers basically was saying they weren't going to make any more Superman movies, and Henry Cavill was out. Mm -hmm. But they still have a great relationship with him, and everything's great. Mm -hmm. You know? And then later... You know, there's talks that Michael B. Jordan was going to be the new Superman. You know, that's just how rumors go. But then there was rumors that WB was just saying that to see how the fans would react. And he's not really out. But they still don't plan on making any more Superman movies. They're going to switch to Supergirl movies with Brainiac as the lead villain. Even though that's, you know, Mm -hmm. Superman's main villain besides Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. So... It's left a lot of fans pissed off, you know, a lot of internet rage, you know, to say that, hey, you have this great actor. <laughs> as if the internet didn't, as if the internet had a shortage of rage to go right. about. You already, <laughs> you already lost Ben Affleck, and then now you're wanting to just be like, nah, we don't need you, Henry Cavill, which I thought he was a great Superman. I mean, he, he looks great. He acts great. It's just, it seems like they're just banking on random shit now. I mean, they have no plan really but to say you know hey we're getting rid of this actor but no we're not but yeah we probably are but we're not going to use him so it's not like he's fired but he just doesn't get to come into work anytime soon it's just it's a lot of nonsense and it just drives fans crazy and it just all this week it seems to be the only thing i could see on any kind of nerd stuff that i follow it's just like henry cavill he's out he's in maybe eh, i don't know we kind of care we don't care and that just it just speaks of like poor leadership and I don't know. It just bugged me this week. It's like, man, I already, I already lost Ben Affleck as my Batman. I got to lose Henry Cavill. It just screams of reboot. And then, you know, it makes me think too, that all the fans, you know, once they said, uh, Michael B. Jordan being, uh, Val Zod, who's the earth Two Superman, who's black people get pissed off about that, you know, and comics, Lately, people, you know, they adjust and change to current times or trends. And it just seems like you got two sets of fans. You got the newer ones who don't know a lot about the past. So they're into the new stuff, the trends. And then you have the older fans who get super butthurt and rage. And no one's. Okay, hold on. You're talking about a few different. And you're kind of being a little nonspecific about everything. Gotcha. So we got to be careful, Brandon, about just loosely speaking in between conversations. Because then we're not having a conversation about anything. You're just speaking about you know this and that and whatever and it's <laughs> going to turn into you're going to sound a lot like someone running this country right now you just start <laughs> it's going no, to be I very specific I definitely, I definitely don't want to be that you need to be specific well it could start here and 40 years later you end up there so here's a trick one let's just we'll get to the diversity in comics thing because i don't know something else so with the henry cavill not being superman i follow when i say i follow I'm in my room drawing between 9 and 12 hours a day, give or take mm-hmm. deadlines. And when it's really tough, sometimes I'm in this room for 16 hours a day working. Brandon, you can ve- verify that? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that, does that sound like? <laughs> listen to the I mean, wariness yeah. in his voice, and he's not even here. Okay, I know. I have to talk to Rob a lot of those times, and I have to sit at my de- my art desk to make sure that I'm talking. I make sure so. Brandon suffers some too when I'm talking. Yes, so that's how it works. Uh, so I listen to Collider. I've listened to Campia, Robert Meyer Burnett, Double Toasted, Weekly Planet, Revenge of the Fans, Umberto Gonzalez. The Rap, Heroic Hollywood, read all their stuff, uh, Screen Junkies. You understand, Brandon? I'm a little yes. tied in. Kevin Smith, <laughs> Mark Bernard, and Fat Man on Batman, or Fat Man Beyond. I'm up to current. I ate all those things. Plus, I also have a, not so much on what actors are doing, but I know what projects are being worked on to some extent about a year out because I'm still very friendly and somewhat active in licensed merchandise t-shirts backpacks things like that um for major movies so like i know what the marvel movies are for at least the next 12 to 18 months because they start them 12 to 18 months out in terms of developing product um when it comes to the henry cavill thing the the people that seem to have the inside scoop on what's going on more correct than not is Revenge of the Fans. Markio Markio Roybles? Marco Mark Roybles. Revenge of the Fans. It's a podcast slash website. It's sort of it's a guy that's from Latino Review, which is where Umberto helped found. And they sort of model their site off Heroic Hollywood, which Umberto started. But he seems to have some pretty good boots on the ground, kind of like inside knowledge on the cavalry thing. Um, and that's just for the last year following what they were saying was going on with uh, Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck and then Henry Cavill and then here we are. And they're very good about not saying specifically like this is going to happen, just say this is the way it's leaning, it could go this way, but understand that this is probably... And then when it happens, you know, to go a certain way, they point out when they were right or wrong. Right. In this case, they've been saying that they believe that Cavill got a new uh, publicist, agent, uh-huh. agent, agent, um, Danny Garcia, and that she came in and started playing hardball with Warner Brothers to get him a better deal than he had before, you know? And Warner Brothers at that point was like, eh, fuck this shit. <laughs> and now I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> solidifying that down. You know, but that they don't want to be strong-armed by an agent and an actor, and that they're going to play hardball, and then Warner Bros. is going to be like, well, we don't need you at all. Right. And so that's basically it. Now, that doesn't mean you go to Danny Garcia's fucking Twitter and harass the shit out of her. It just means like, well, then he's going to have to live with that. It could be good or for worse. I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of effort to stay in shape. You know, you, as as a person, as a freelancer, you know, like if a if a company says, "Hey, we're gonna pay you some money, maybe in the next year, just sit tight." You 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 got. There's only so many years you have, especially as a young dude in Hollywood, to work. You gotta work. And if there's right. no movies for you to work on, just a cameo once a year in a in a Shazam movie or a Wonder Woman flick or whatever they're gonna have him do, which is the rumor was that he's gonna have a cameo in Shazam. Well, so that's it. That's all he's going to do this year. So I guess right. I guess he needed he, he got the Witcher job, and that just I guess the idea is that it 
overlapped when they wanted to shoot the Shazam thing. Uh-huh. Well, then he's like, well, I'm taking the Witcher job, which I can't fucking blame him considering what they did to his face in Justice League. <laughs> Why does Henry Cavill have to owe this? What? I mean, the fact that he didn't come out and bitch one fucking time about what they did to his face on that movie. Yeah. says that that man, that man has a bigger set of, you know, he's, he's more, he's got more, uh, tolerance than me. You know, I would have been raging. I would have been put on my <laughs> Superman album and just punching through shit. And, you know, I mean, just, it's just so stupid. So, yeah, we're just going to have to accept the fact that I believe my take on it is I think we're going to live in a world where on one hand there's a reboot and on the other hand there isn't a reboot, which means that they're going to eventually put out a Batman movie and if it's good, that's a reboot. And if it isn't good, that wasn't a reboot. Like yeah. if we, you're, You are witnessing what we in the military call top-down leadership. Failure. That means that the leadership starts at the top and works its way down. And this is a this is a problem with with leadership. I mean, don't tell me. Well, I mean, one of the the complaints like Campy and these guys will make is, and some people made online too about Superman is like, well, Man of Steel didn't do that much money. I'm like, so like it made five hundred million. Okay, it didn't do as much. Obviously, it's not because the character isn't popular. Ant Man just did six hundred million. It's because you made a fucking half. You didn't make the best movie you can make. You made a good movie. Now you need to figure out what worked and didn't work. And f- these are these are properties that are disappearing because there isn't any interest in them. You know? Yeah. They're disappearing in terms of public consciousness because the people in charge of them don't know what the fuck to do with it. They have zero leadership. Zero plans or goals or anything they they literally are just looking at a trend oh superheroes in movie training we have to own some superheroes let's go make some stuff with superheroes in it and we got into this discussion i think it was at the last podcast or podcast before about companies that like you know marvel comics said when you're just chasing trends you don't innovate you just chase what you think works and now it's like we're changing the tone of all the dc movies to be super happy and bright and I'm like, okay, but does that include during World War One? Could you imagine Wonder Woman if they just made that all <laughs> jokey because super ha- like that isn't the it's not guys it's not the jokes, you know it's that tonally, you, the character can be optimistic and still be in a shitty situation. You understand, Brandon? Like, yeah. doesn't ah fuck it, you know? Like the yeah. last like I said, this really reminds me of the tail end of Lucasfilm back during the prequels. I know a lot of people now want to say, the prequels are actually pretty good, Rob. You don't fucking understand. Fuck you. I know. I, I, I had to work on those fucking t-shirts. You know, and I lost bonuses because, especially during oh, the yeah. re-releases of the Phantom Menace 3D thing, where was anyone... Where, all these fucking people told me how great the fucking prequels were. Where were they when that came back out? Right. You know, Nowhere. That was the same year Avengers came out. And I'm telling you, man, we lost money on the fucking Star Wars shit. So, you know, this is what it reminds me of. And it, it's it's frustrating because they've done well with Wonder Woman. But I don't know what they're going to do with anything else, you know? 
Yeah. I thought there was cool imagery in Aquaman, and there's always that kid quotient where kids love monsters and dinosaurs and shit. So a little kid seeing that Aquaman trailer and all those sea creatures, they that could get a kid into the theater, you know? Right. But if that movie plays out like fucking Green Lantern, and well, here we go, you know? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I had to take them one at a time. Right. So I guess what I meant to say was, you know, with them being able to do this where they're like, okay, this is part of the regular universe. This is an off-spin universe. You can still do other stories, Earth 2 Superman, where Superman is a black character, and still be, you know, quote, Superman, but that Earth 2 version. But people get so pissed off over changing main this characters. This but... company doesn't understand how to make a movie with just Superman in it. Right. What makes you think they're going to understand how to make a movie with two Superman? Yeah. They don't understand how to make a Green Lantern movie. They don't understand. <laughs> they barely they fought from every word I read. Is They fought Patty Jenkins on Wonder Woman tooth and nail. Like they just got lucky on that one. Oh, yeah. So they don't know what they're doing over there. It's really that, and Kevin Sujihara is in charge of that shit show, and that's his fucking mess, period. So my advice to people is stop caring until they make something worth caring about. Yeah. It's frustrating. It sucks. It's not the worst I've ever seen it. The worst I've ever seen it was after Batman and Robin, that fucking company made Catwoman. Can you believe this shit, Brandon? Like, I think this goes largely unnoticed. <laughs> that we everyone likes to say, well, Batman and Robin is worse than he gets. No, they made Catwoman two years later. <laughs> you know? Or three years later. Like, the, so they had learned nothing. Right. You know? And was it because Catwoman was black? No, because it was a real fucking shitty movie. Like, to the point where I just just put on the trailer. And, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough movie to watch. They fucked up Superman Returns, you know. And so, I just don't think that company understands. And this is frustrating because I do think you know that the benefit to the MCU films is that they've had a guy in charge, Feige, you know. And a core group of people that, that, whatever, even at the time, the story group and Perlmutter, they were all on the same page for what they wanted to do. They had a vision. We're going to take these characters, give them their own movies, put them together into a big team of movie Avengers. That was their goal. And, you know, they may have made a few sequels here and there, getting there, but they got there, right? They didn't make less <laughs> movies. They made a few more movies than they had intended. And they got there to the point where now we have three official Avengers film. I say official because there's technically Civil War's unofficial Avengers film. Right. I know this is Captain America, but let's be honest. <laughs> you know, it's, mm, I just rewatched it twice, and I love it, but that's pretty much an Avengers movie. Uh, and almost 20 films and arguably one of the greatest sequels of all time. I mean, Infinity War may not be the second movie in that series, but it's as good a sequel as Empire Strikes Back, The Dark Knight, Infinity War. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that is a fantastic... And Logan's a sequel, so you can put Logan up there, too. You know, and each one does its own thing independently, but it's a fantastic... I own 3D, Infinity War in 3D. It's fantastic. 
so I think there's a, a ton of benefit to having, you know, a, a vision, a goal, a person at top um, versus taking your characters and splitting them up against a bunch of companies. However, in the case of Warner Brothers, they apparently, what happens, see, Brandon, what happens when the company that owns all the characters doesn't know what the fuck to do with them? You know, we're like in a completely yeah. separate scenario from MCU, right? Where you wish Marvel had all the characters because they're doing so well. And you see Fox and Sony fucking shit up left and right. You know, I'm sorry, folks. Venom looks fucking horrible. I don't care what anyone says. So, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it looks like a turd in the wind. Whatever Ugh. the fuck that means. And so, um, it comes from the comics. I know. Lethal Protector. I read it. I own the issues. Fuck off. So... <clears throat> So, but you have the inverse where Warner Brothers doesn't know what doesn't know what to do. It's, it's not DC; it's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, my Warner Brothers baseball cap. They don't know what to do. Yeah. And they say the reason why we can't have a Batman TV show is because it would confuse people. It would confuse people for the TV that there's a TV show and a movie featuring two separate universes. Right. That's been the issue, that. right? Now, I got yeah. a question, Brandon. You answered this one to me, right? Here we go. Ready? <laughs> the question is this. If Warner Bros. is the reason why we can't have a Superman show and a Batman show is because they're going to make movies and that would conflict with the movies and people would be confused, right? Uh-huh. Then how come they're making movies that feature the same characters that are going to be in other movies but they're alternate universes? How is how is the Joker movie going to be any less confusing? Because it's a movie, Rob. Duh. That's the difference. The argument makes no fucking sense, right? No, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And no one's bringing this up. I'm, I'm actually tempted to go into Campia when he's doing the the, the, the chat. He does that super chat. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to probably spend $1 so I can get him to answer this question on air. Because he's always <laughs> saying all the time, well, you can't have Superman on Supergirl show, even though they had him, but you see him for the movie. It's what's been, it's going to confuse people. But then in the same breath, he's like, looking forward to that Joker movie. Oh, you know, Elseworlds movies make total sense. Red Sun, you do, do these Elseworlds movies. I'm like, well, no, that, that, God, the fucking shows are Elseworlds. Yeah. To the point where they got to show all about the multiple worlds that they go into, right? With Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. right? <laughs> they go across space and time, you know? Yeah. So, if you had to place a bet, what do you realistically think they're going to do next with this Cavill stuff? What do you think? What do you think they're going to do? Not what you replace want him. to happen, huh? You think they're going to replace, Re- him? replace him? They're going to replace him. He's he's out. They're going to go younger. They're going to go tap back into when he's like starting out to be Superman. They'll do something like that where they can just restart it back enough, and then maybe jump forward, and people just go like, "Oh yeah, things happen," but. It's okay. And so then the other rumor wasn't rumor. Deadline reported, which is a pretty big deal. Deadline and Hollywood reporters it was a major trade reported that they're also looking at Michael B. Jordan to be the next Superman. And now this is going to just this is a few things. So one, it's a black Superman. They're just doing that because I don't know. It's it's not popular to be, you know, believe me, if you're if a cop's coming around, you don't want to be a black man. Like my all my black friends are scared to death of the cops right now. Like they don't right. want to get pulled over. Like I, I had a friend that literally called me, I got a guy phone, what do I do? I'm like, don't call me. What can I do? I had to have that conversation right. with him. What are you calling me for? Like, <laughs> I'm not even in the same state as this guy, you know? All right. <laughs> hey, if you're a friend of mine and you're a minority or a person of color and you live in California, don't call me in Idaho when you got a fucking issue with the cops. 
Right. <laughs> Shine a light in the heart of the city. Um, except, do you know that Warner Brothers was originally looking at Will Smith to be Superman back in Superman Returns? Really? Yeah, this is nothing new. He even tur- He even talked about turning it down. I remember this back at the day. He gave an interview about turning it down. He looked at it, one, because he had turned down initially the Matrix, and that's technically like a Superman thing, and he always felt bad about that. You know, he turned that down and go do Wild Wild West. But then he oh, also wow. talked about in that same breath that Wild Wild West, he, they had made the main character was white in the show back in the day. And then, uh, was it uh, James Garner, right? And then, uh, was that? I, I don't know. I didn't watch the show. I don't fucking know. Uh, anyway, the character was white in the 60s, and then he's black, and then he caught a lot of shit for that. So he didn't want to deal with that either. And so, and I remember at the time thinking like, okay, yeah, that's a little bit different, except two things. One, I kind of got over it when I saw Dean Cain at Superman, who was like, you know, what is he, Philippine, Polynesian? He's whole, he's, some, he's, a, he's Islander, Islander or whatever, Asian Pacific. And I was like, I didn't care. He played it perfectly. You know, right. a little bit, a little bit of a soap opera-ish, you know? But, you know, I thought he played a good-looking nerd, you know? <laughs> you know, like, and, and you know how they solved that problem? They got Terry Hatcher, who's way out of that dude in the league, you know, back in the day. So she was a fantastic Lois Lane. Um, it was beyond that. But two, made a lot of sense to me because, you know, if two, if two white people adopted a black kid in the, middle, in the Midwest, <laughs> you know that kid's getting shit whether he's an alien or not, you know? Right. And he's bulletproof? Well, then you got yourself a story. It's just unfortunate because if they go that route now, it almost feels like it's going to come off the back of having to make people, you know, the fans are already pissed off about uh, the diversity in comics movement, which is right. fucking red herring anyhow, dude. So fucking... So here's what here's my last thing about this diversity in comics thing. I don't understand, Brandon, because they try to act like this shit's new. But you remember back in the day, let's say 1960s, remember then? Remember when you were alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a yeah, book yeah. called The X-Men, right? Yes. And that team was so white, one of the dudes was made out of snow. (laughs) (laughs) Made that joke up here, folks, just now. So, uh, book was actually canceled and ran as reprints for a number of years until they relaunched it as Giant Size X-Men. And what did they do in the Giant Size X-Men? What did they do? They made the entire X-Men new characters and they made them as diverse as possible. They had Storm, who was black, Nightcrawler, who was German, and a devil, and he was Catholic, and they had an Indian, right? The Native mm-hmm. American, sorry, Native American Thunderbird. And I'm still coming from the 70s, folks. Uh, they had uh, Irish with Banshee, your favorite character of all time. They had a Canadian character who looked like a little bit like Batman, who had claws called the Wolverine. They had a Russian during the Cold War on the team. Yep. Looks, looks like a diverse set of fucking characters, doesn't it, Brandon? Indeed. And who's complaining about that? Nobody. Nobody. So, you know, they can fuck off the diversity in comics. Like, if you don't like what the stories that are being written, hey, there you go. Pitch new stories or go make your own. That's that's the way it works. But right. don't, don't act like this is some new fucking thing, you know? I'm tired. And, you know, and it's not like they were just... It's a if that's a good that's a good rumor though. Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. So have you seen not, him in Chronicle? Yeah. Okay. He, Chronicles he the movie, movie. Yeah, he, Chronicles the movie. People teams seem to forget, you know. And I guess especially after the whole 
Max Land is nonsense from last year. Um, but he was the heart and soul. He was the Clark Kent of that mm-hmm. film. He was legitimately a good-looking dude, you know, semi-popular in school. Clark Kent was never a nerd in school. Like, that's something they added in the movie. Um, you know, like, dude, I mean, super popular in that case. And he was a hero in that film who got waxed. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just didn't make it, folks. And I came out of that film going like, that dude was awesome. Who was that guy? Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. So I had no idea he was going to go on to do, you know, uh, Fruville Station and then Creed and then, you know, Killmonger. So, oh, fantastic. But I didn't see that movie, so I can't tell you. You saw bad. Fantastic Four. Was he good it, in it? Yeah, I saw. You mean fan. Fantastic Force, Fantastic Fan force, Fuck it, you know? Fan, fan Force Stick. Fan Force Stick. Mm. Yeah, that movie was. I, I didn't mean, sit he, through it, man. He's, he's good at being a you know charismatic, cool character. I mean, he can play a cool superhero, but yeah, that movie was a train wreck. That was bad. Yeah. But, you know, I it'd be good to see him carry a movie, you know? And it I just. Guess, I, it shouldn't come at the expense of this it's not fair to him because you right. know that dude's gonna like double toaster was like god damn it you know <laughs> they had they had harsher words for this than me <laughs> you know and like it's just a shame because you know he might quit that if that's true i could see him quitting that before it's even a thing even just like how they announced a separate issue but you know how they announced alec baldwin was going to be in the joker movie as like a trumpish Thomas Wayne, and then the Trump movement <laughs> right. jumped on there, and that, that fucking dude quit before <laughs> Lens. Yeah, he was, like, oh. <laughs> he was like, he walked in the door, he looked around, and he walked right back out. He, he fired like, oh. himself quicker than Alan Horn fired James Gunn, bro. <laughs> He's like, I'm firing myself. He's like, I'm good. I'm good guy. Yeah, I'm not qualified, dude. I'm firing myself. <laughs> He just he just walked in the room, saw it was on fire, and he's like, "Turn right around." Out. Was that was that, was that Grandpa out. Simpson meme where he walks yeah, in, yeah. puts his picks Let's his hat back, sees Bart Simpson at the counter, and picks that right back and walks out. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. out. So it's, it's just it just sucks because you know, I hope I hope Henry Cavill goes to uh, Marvel. That'd be great. Have him, you know what? Keep him as a British character. Have him be uh, Captain Britain. Well, that's that was something that I tweeted, and a lot of people were talking about for a while there when it was announced. Like, okay, he should go be Captain Britain at Cat at at, Mar- at the MCU, but they should also put a few of those other characters in it together. Now that they got they're going to get the Fox shit back, and then have it lead to an Excalibur film, which would make it like a British Justice League. <laughs> like they could do. With those characters, with Kitty Pride and Psylocke, and, and you know maybe even working on Alpha Flight, they could switch out a few. But they yeah. could put together a few characters with him in the center and make that British Justice League and do exactly what DC should have done <laughs> with their own characters, but in the MCU. And that yes. would be give him the full beard too, right? Like, because when <laughs> when they had announced that he had that mustache. I was like, just give him a beard prosthetic. Give Superman the beard, just like when yeah. he had it in the Return of Superman. He had a Man, beard. Well, he had, he had a beard in Man of Steel, Brandon. Like the first people, Henry Cavill grew a beard for the first thirty minutes of that film. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, it's not like we haven't seen him wearing a beard in a Superman movie, right? So why they wouldn't just give him the beard back? I look, 
here's why here's why again this is like two warner brothers so on one hand you got a warner brothers that's thinking like hey we can make michael b jordan the next superman there's a tremendous idea but right. then you also have a warner brothers who's like we can't have a superman with a beard because that won't look like superman you, you understand Ryan? i don't fully right. fucking understand <laughs> Like you know, <laughs> Marvel Marvel has a done a has done a great job of keeping. So something that might have happened in Avengers one, they'll do a callback of that in the new Avengers. Like it'll still be there, a certain actor, a certain scene, a certain anything. They keep it continually, but with like give an example. Like, um, okay, so the guy who in Avengers one who's playing Galaga on the computer screen, he still would be working for shield or in the movie. Um, it's, did you see him you in another put, movie? You put, me, you put me on the spot here. There's, oh, there's okay. So, <laughs> okay. There's, uh, uh, there's, there's tons of examples online. Mm, I, I, online. You put me on this. You put me on, on the spot. Only you had the answers to the test, Brandon, you could get all them all correct. <laughs> My point is there's been suits, outfits, past history, uh, Iron Man has worn a robe that his dad worn in previous scenes. Uh, just simple mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that right. have been in the other movies that they carry over. Okay. You know, anyways. So when DC goes, Superman can't have a beard. It's like he had a beard. That's a simple callback to the Man of Steel movie where he was incognito. He had a beard. Like, Well, how about this? How about it's just going to be better if he has a beard than he has a fucking CGI face? Yes. Anyone who looks at that, you know, with any kind of like, come on, man, you know, if you're sitting, if I if I present, look, as an illustrator who works for people, if I go and conjure up this idea <laughs> where I'm going to CGI an actor's face and I present it to my superiors, they're going to look at it and go, we're not paying for this. Are you fucking crazy? You know, so yeah. the fact that you got a guy at the top, Sujahara, saying, yeah, good enough. No one cares. It shows to me that they don't give a shit about us or their own stuff or their actor or anybody else. I think the rumor at the time was they were just trying to make their bonus money that year. And I believe it 100% to quote Joe Rogan. 100% I believe that they were just trying to make their quotas, you know, and their fucking money that year. So look, I, look, I am looking forward to Woman or Woman 2. Uh, Somewhat Shazam because I like I like that it's a smaller looking film. However, I'm not excited. I'm not giddy. The only thing I'm semi excited about is um is Hans Zimmer doing the score for Wonder Woman eighty four. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the score to Wonder Woman. He did that initial theme for her when he did BBS. He came up with that theme, and then. They had Henry Jackman, I think, did the score for Wonder Woman, which was fine. But I do like Hans Zimmer doing the score because I like the, it's going to be a synth score in the '80s and her own stuff. I, I'm I'm looking yeah. forward. To, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> I get very excited about it. I mean, say what you want, Hans Zimmer's music is always dope. Um, Junkie XL, who did the Batman theme in BVS, I don't know. I love his score on uh, Mad Max. Mad Max, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic! I listened when it, when he they announced him. I just played that uh, brother in arms. It's called Brothers in Arms. It's that dun 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 dun, and I was like that. And it's got like that that synth thing, and then it has that little like chorus beat in the center where you know it's like the trumpets and shit. And I'm like, this is fucking gonna be the next Batman theme. This is gonna be amazing. No, 
Like, <laughs> so, you know, man. Look, I love watching companies fuck up. Like, when I watch a company lose a billion dollars intentionally, when everyone's saying, please, don't do this, it's not going to work, don't do it, right. and they still do it, I love it, you know? Like, <laughs> you know? Now, I'm going to be honest, you know, it's not a good thing for people. It's not good for Warner Brothers employees. It's not good for DC artists. It's not good for anybody for them to fuck up. But they apparently will not listen to us, so... Don't get your hopes up for these films and be pleasantly surprised if they do well. Otherwise, there's other shit to watch. There's other shit to watch. Like this amazing Teen Titans show coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I did have an idea about these DC Direct films. Because uh, they're making a... Sorry, TV show. They're making a Swamp Thing TV show on the wow. DC Direct. And I was like, what if that shit was puppets? Like, what if it was a swamp thing, but it was all puppets, and there was one hot chick, and she's real? You know what I mean? Like, she gets lost in the swamp, and all the swamp thing shit is puppets, but she's, yeah, yeah, you know, very, very labyrinth-like, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Now, I'm not saying you people would want that, but that's what I would do. Anything else, Brandon? We got anything else? We missed anything? I don't think so. I think this is a well-rounded cast. Hmm. Hmm. I mean... I got a couple more topics, but I want to hear this subscription-based thing. One more time, okay. and we'll go. So, I was talking to my buddy Heath, who for the first for a while he was uh, I wouldn't say deployed. I guess stationed. I'm not a military person, but stationed in Vegas. That's where his the base was. You don't get deployed was, to Vegas. You get stationed. Okay, so so he's stationed in Vegas, deployed in Afghan, and you know when he'd come back, he'd go to all the comic book stores, and uh, he's recently retired. Um, and he was telling me there was a new comic book store that opened up in Vegas. I, I didn't get the name. Um, owned by a couple of rock star type guys um, in bigger bands. And they were saying that they charge for their subscription boxes, okay, like $150. And you get one to two signatures from famous artists over the year. So you pay 150 bucks for the year, and you get to choose from maybe like one or two famous artists like Frank Miller or... Uh, whoever may be stopping in, and you get one signature from that artist. And I just thought that was like, I mean, is it worth it? Is it cool? Is it not? I'm like, he was kind of annoyed by it because they only did like the Frank Miller signing during the amazing Comic-Con. So a lot of people had to choose between going to that store event or going to the amazing Comic-Con, you know, because it's $150 to get a signature from Frank Miller. So I was thinking, I'm like, is that how the future of like comic book stuff would be for a subscription? You're paying for signatures through a subscription based thing. So it's like, Oh, I signed up for the marble artist, the Marvel artist subscription. So I get to have Jim Chung and, uh, Joe mad sign my books this year. You know what I mean? Is that something you see happening? Or do you think that's just something weird that the store is doing? I mean, could you see that? There's nothing new about stores charging extra for signatures for guys they have in. I mean, I can go right now on the eBay type and Stephen Platt and I'm going to find a lot of these like little comic shops that have their own certificate of authenticity, authenticity from July 1994. Stephen Platt. Like, I don't know if that's true. Or not, but okay. What Sorry. I would say is, do signatures make books worth more? I own two Batman books right now. I own the 10th anniversary Dark Knight Returns hard slipcase I got the day it came out, signed by Frank Miller. And I own the leather-bound Dark Knight 
year Batman Year One, this one comic he did in the eighties, and The Dark Knight Returns, signed by Frank Miller. And that has like it's like a Bible, it's leather bound. With the nice. And uh they don't make them any better. Like <laughs> right. you understand? I guess it has some resale value, except kind of not much, you know? Like to me, it would have meant more to me to have been able to get that signature from him if I was able to meet him at one point at a con. I never, I always saw Frank Miller. I never really felt the need to hang out at those booths back in the nineties. Um, right. Because I was like, there he is. Okay. You know, so wasn't, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I'm not, not that guy. Uh, nowadays there's so many collectors. And so these collectors, these shops and these retailers go to the cons and basically stand in line and get them to sign a million fucking things. The odds of you getting anything signed are next to nil, or you have to stand in line for 12 hours and you spend a hundred something dollars to be at that con. So, I mean, here's my thing. Most of the time when guys sign books, they fucking ruin the covers. (laughs) You know, I think every book should have a spot on the interior for artists to sign. I don't sign my prints because it ruins the fucking prints. You know, like I'm like, guys, I right on top of this, you're never going to see the fucking thing anyway because a lot of times there's so much shit on this fucking print, you can't see my signature. I put my signature into the art, you know, if you want to sign the back of it, fine. Otherwise, I don't really see how me signing this makes it any better. You know, unless I added a white border and then I could sign the white border. That might be something I might have to think about in the future. All right. It makes some sense, but marking up fucking covers doesn't, I don't see how that helps any, you know? Uh, now, the subscription base, so you don't need the subscription. That's just to get the signature. That's not to get them to hold comics for you, right? Right. It sounds it's a like signature box. It's not a pull you, box. Well, that's, well, that's the weird thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. a whole thing. What you're There's just like, talking about is let's say, let's say I happen to have a pull box or I'm paying individually for each issue, right? Mm-hmm. On top of that, I could spend 150 bucks, and twice a year, they'll get me a signature from someone who comes to the store or from any artist. Like, they're not going to f- run around. And, it's like whoever comes to the <laughs> store, right? They're going to get them a signature. Right. So it's, it's going to be... It's, you maybe get a choice. So that 150 bucks is supposedly going to pay for guys to come to the store so they can get signatures. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. If that's the case, then why not have a meet and greet for the same people so they can get up some punch and pie with Frank Miller too? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the It's so few people in that fucking pull box that why don't you? Everyone come down and have some fucking hostess cakes and some Hawaiian punch, and we can all shoot the shit with Frank Miller for fucking 30 minutes. I don't understand unless they're going to get those signatures somewhere else you right. know on their behalf i don't i don't know it seems like you know what's funny you know who doesn't do any of this shit is fucking dc or marvel right you know um i don't know man signatures i think the signature only means it means whatever it means to you i don't know if it helps the books resell any more than when people go, oh, TCGs, it's a 
eight grading. No fucking give a shit. You know, like <laughs> this is it just reminds me anytime I see something that's gonna make a book worth more than it is, I'm just reminded of that buyer's guide section in Wizard Magazine from the nineties, where it would right. tell you everything you owned is worth fifty bucks, but you couldn't get fifty cents for it. You know? I mean <laughs> I got uh so I bought I bought the Spawn Artist Edition issue one. So it's Spawn issue one. It's like 12 by 18 or 13 by 19. It's pretty big. And it has the art at 11 by 17, you know, artist edition. So it's got the way it looks on the page, the physical art, the way it looks on the physical art. So with coffee stains and scribbles and dirt and everything else, it's not clean mm-hmm. up line art. I got that. Um, they sold out when they first came out. I pre-ordered it. And there was a random chance to get a signature that's uh, got a... Uh, what's that thing you do in Notary Republic? Right? Is that what I'm, am I saying that right? Notary Republic? Something like that. It's where you get it authorized by... So certified that it's authentic. With the Notary Republic. Random with McFarlane signature. I got one of the random ones. You know? And I'm looking at this. And there... I, I mean, it'd have to... I'm not reselling it. You know, whether it had a signature or not, like, I just really wanted that fucking book. The signature is like, oh, that's fucking dope. But I don't have any memory of meeting Todd to get that signature. I've met Todd and had him sign things before, you know? I had him and Capullo sign my Angelo number one the month it came out at ImageCon 1994 December. There was an ImageCon. It was pathetic (laughs) (laughs) at the convention center. And I took my girlfriend at the time, and I just started dating, and I had to explain to her that this isn't what Comic-Con's like. This sucks. You know, but it was good for signatures because no one was there. Um, and they had the Spawnmobile. Remember that? The fucking Spawnmobile? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got pictures. I got those photos somewhere in a box. <laughs> I'll dig them up sometime so you guys can see me at ImageCon with the young Capullo. When he had hair, he had that big <laughs> Capullo <laughs> with hair. Uh, with hair and a Henry Cavill sash. That was Capullo back in the day. Oh, All right, wow. so I don't really care. They want to charge 150 Is is Brent, I got a question for you. As a guy who collects things, are you willing mm-hmm. to spend one hundred and fifty dollars a year on two signatures? No. Okay. And see, I made the mistake real quick that I went and paid, and I went to that Morrison con because they made it seem like you would actually get to hang out with the artist, talk wait, to wait, the wait, artist. Hold on, you, what, you don't don't rush through. We got the time. So, oh, I thought what we is the Morrison con? If you're gonna okay, bring this uh, up, okay, uh, okay, yeah, bring up this this horrible event, this this dark spot in my past so the morrison con was grant morrison the writer put together a comic con which was supposed to be an experience like no other you get to smooze smooge and hang out with the artists and writers and talk to them and all this other great stuff more one-on-one experience with your favorite top people in vegas uh, Jim, in vegas mm-hmm. so so who was there was jim lee chris burnham uh, he was a batman artist for a while Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance and uh, Umbrella Company writer. That's odd. Yeah. Oh, he wrote well, the Umbrella Company. He wrote okay. the Umbrella Company, okay. so that's his, his project. Academy uh, or Umbrella Academy? Academy. Right, okay. Umbrella Academy, the comic book. Um, the, uh, Max Landis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Um, Was Capullo there? Uh, no. Uh, Jim Chung? Um, uh, Frank Quitley. Frank Whitley was there, which that's not his real name, by the way, but that's his artist name. 
oddly enough. Uh, Frank Whitley was on the X-Men when they had the leather outfits and uh, eventually did uh, Batman and Robin, uh, things like that. So, yeah, so there was big names there, especially Jim Lee, right? The only highlight of that con is I got a Jim Lee sketch of Wolverine. The only bad part of that con is I had Grant Morrison's ass. He signed over the Jim Lee sketch on top of his hair and head. Ruining the sketch, in my opinion. <laughs> I so, love hearing it. So hold on. So you yeah. you get the lucky pick of getting a Jim Lee sketch, right? Right. You, you were supposed to actually get two. You were supposed to pick before. Uh, so let me re- re-go back to that. You were allowed to pick two artists that you would meet, talk to, and possibly get a sketch or so from. Whatever okay? they felt like, right? Well, well, you were supposed to get a sketch. That's okay. what they said at the, the first before the first day, okay? So, I luckily was the very first person in Jim Lee's line. I was the first guy, somehow. I was it. It was me and Jessica, and that was it. And uh, Jessica probably could have got a sketch, but we didn't know how it worked, so we didn't push it. We're just like, oh, yeah, me, you know. But she probably could have got a sketch, too. Um, But I was the first person, got a sketch from him. All's good. I'm happy as shit. You got a Wolverine, Um, the orange brown or the yellow one? It's just a headshot with him smoking. Okay. So you know, well, that's actually a big deal considering, right? That Marvel. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he's smoking. smoking. It's been a while. I haven't looked at it since. Okay, we got a Wolverine head sketch from Jim Lee. Yeah, and then I walk out of the room that they're in these little separate little hall rooms and stuff. You know, almost like a convention center. Um, nothing special. It's it, this isn't something amazing that it was brought up to be. But I see Grant Morrison. I said, hey. Can I get it? I wait. He's talking to some industry people. And I, who's a writer, go, I, right? He's a writer, very famous writer. And I go, just that, you know, hey, can you sign my book? Without looking, he grabs my book and just signs away. I'm like, okay. I look at the signature and he wrote his name across Wolverine's hairline <laughs> and hair on the Jim Lee sketch. And I lose my shit and I call him out on it. I'm like, are you, are you fucking serious right now, man? And he's like, what? I'm like, did you even look at what you're signing? He's like, no. I'm like, you couldn't even just look at my book as you signed it. And I'm like, you drew, you went over Jim Lee's sketch, Jim Lee. Was now Jim this Lee. is where I hold you a little accountable, right? Not saying it's your fault, but to get back to my point, signing books ruins covers. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and if you hadn't been into signing books, you wouldn't have had this fucking problem. Well, it's a limited edition book from the con. So I figured if I got everyone from the con to sign it, whether it be Gerard Way, Jim Lee, all these people, it'd be a cool experience. Like if you met a band and you had them, all them sign he the signed poster it. of the concert. <laughs> oh, he signed it. And I haven't looked at the sketch since. So Can I, you post a picture? We got to have it up. We got we to gotta have it for next week's cast. Okay. You got to send right, me a photo, I, a I recent photo, a photo, nice high res. We can look at it here. I want to see this. Yes, I'll send you a couple pictures of the book and stuff. You can make um, a little quick video, and we could. You, you, know what you should do is you should edit out this story. Oh, so you don't know how to use Premiere or anything, right? No, sir. Uh, but man. I can I can dub over it a video probably. You should make a video and it, uh, see. I want to explain the story and have people look at it, but we'll have to figure out what to do with that. So. It's fun, it's fun time. <laughs> I want to tell a story. I well, want... and by the second, the second day, Frank Quitley was my second artist. 
got way too many people wanting to meet him. So when it got to him, he was no longer doing sketches. Yeah. He was just signing books. Yeah, so, that whole, like, our, every artist will give you a sketch comes from someone who's never fucking drawn before. I'm like, good luck with right. that fucking plan. Like, that is going to work for the yeah. first ten people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, ten tops. So. so that's how that all went down for the majority of it. All right, so, so Brandon, uh, really quick, you playing Spider-Man? No, because I'm oh, broke and I can't afford it. You don't have a PS4. That's right. I don't. Xbox guy. Yeah. Ha-ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm glad. I'm glad you don't get to play it on your shitty little system. <laughs> good, good. Uh, speaking of which, where can people find you playing games? That's, isn't that what you do now? You play games? Yeah, I don't, I'm not an artist anymore. Mm-hmm. I've given up that life. Mm-hmm. As I you make you find... go make art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can you can find me on Twitch at Mega Potato Show, and you could also find me on Instagram at Mega Potato Show. What games you playing on there? Uh, you got, right now I'm playing Modern Warfare Two. I got the new Mad Nineteen Fortnite. I got. Uh, can you can you stream the Switch? I don't know yet. I got to figure that out. But if you can, it, you got to try that Mega Man demo. It'd be fun to watch you play on like Battle Chasers. I will do that. You got Battle Chasers on the Xbox or the Switch? Uh, I got Battle Chasers on the Xbox. So you got to stream, stream that. the Battle Chasers. Oh, I'm also I also played the uh, start of the new season of Walking Dead, the final season, Telltale. Um, and as Psycho says, uh, he's following me on there, but I'm never on Twitch. Uh, I've been sick the last two weeks. Oh, Psycho's sick. So mm. sick, and I have a pinch in my neck, so I have not been on the last week mm. or two on stream just because. You don't want to see me coughing up and blowing my nose. And even now, throughout this cast, I had to mute the mic and cough and blow my nose. So it's not pretty. But as soon as the weekend goes by and I actually get some sleep and rest, I'm going to start streaming again because I love to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but we appreciate, I appreciate you, Psycho, following me. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. Any other questions from the chat room? Everyone good uh, no, uh, Sean Meister says hello, and also Psycho says you need a capture card to stream on Switch. Oh, we're not buying you one of those. I no. bought someone on the stream. I bought Bacon a capture card once, and he just never used it. It's sitting How there. much was it? I spent like 180 bucks on that dude. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah he just kept it bad. and never did anything. I'll just it. I'll just hold my cell phone up. Yeah, just hold your cell phone up. It's like Nintendo's plan with the new Nintendo Online. They're like, you can link this to your app and use the app to chat with people. I'm like, or you can just use the phone to fucking chat with someone. Nintendo, like, I don't want to give it. <laughs> I like them, but they're incredibly stupid when it comes to this online thing. All right, with that, everybody, we're going to get out of here. Let me just start with some of this so we can start to play it out. Let's play it out. We're going to do a live. There you go. You know where you know where I could probably spend some of my money at, though? ShopSketchCraft.com. No, I won't let you. You're I know, you've cut you've cut me off. I had to cut you off. I'll just send my money to other people and they'll buy it for me. Maybe you can resell that Wolverine and get some extra money from Grant Morrison fans. <sighs> Who has a Wolverine sketch signed by Grant Morrison, Brandon? That's that's exclusive. I do. Hey, <laughs> if anybody'd like to buy it, the only one in the world <laughs> with Grant Morrison's signature on it. I you should one. put it on eBay and bill it the only Jim Lee sketch ever signed by Grant Morrison. <laughs> See, you're just not marketing it properly, Brandon. All right, I'm not selling it right. No, 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 no. You got to work on this. Sell, sell, sell. 
Coffee's for closers, Brandon. You know? I close. That's how I do it right here. I've been writing GameCube. I have been writing GameCube. That's what I've been doing. I've been writing and drawing and writing and drawing. And getting angry at former employers who praise people who do things that I try to do. working up to be one of those bitter artists. Bitter. <laughs> like coffee. Paid for by sketchcraft.com. think that's it? That's, that's it. it. I turned the uh, volume down on that so I can talk over it now. So nice. Alright, everybody. Get out of here. Bye. Ah, shop sketchcraft.com. Catch craft. <laughs>